0: welcome to the between the lines podcast covering the four major american sports leagues and the ncaa four high schoolers
1: provide their takes on all the major sports disputes of today's day and age on today's show we are covering the nba season preview the nfl playoff race our top 10 wide receivers in the nfl and wrapping up with the ncaa football playoff race Additionally, we are excited to welcome blogger Ryan Wiener of Let's Talk Sports to speak on the NFL playoff race. This NBA season is possibly the most anticipated in years. With short rest and COVID-19, could this season be in jeopardy and who are our contenders? draft happened a little under a
2: month ago what are you guys rookie of the year picks um i can start us off um at first when i looked at the draft class i was thinking a i think he has a lot of pro experience but i i think james wiseman now because i think with clay's injury and a bunch and uh no concrete center i think james wiseman can do well in that role
0: yeah i i agree they're they're really not that deep at the center power four position uh, so I think that he's going to be wise a really good fit. But I have Isaac Okoro for, from Cleveland. Um, he can shoot from – he can shoot. He shot 51%. He can guard all five positions. Um, he's coming into a roster where only Seti Osman is in contention for that, uh, for the I think, three spot. But he's going to be around Love, Andre Drummond, Colin Sexton, and Darius Garland. So I think he's going to be a good complementary fit for the struggling Cavs team.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they have a good young team. I mean, speaking of other young teams, how do you think the Heat will do this season? Wrapping off of a nice playoff um, run in the last uh, season.
0: Um, I think they're gonna, I think they'll be okay. I think they have a, they got a pretty similar roster um, to what they had last year, but again, they should be, should be the same old Heats, you know, doing, doing Heat things.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think they can only get better. I think they have a good young roster. If they can, well, what I'm thinking about here is there was a big discussion on like the shooting on like density in the the arena during quarantine. So like with fans there, their three point percentage might be worse. So that's something to think about with their shooting. But I, I think though, they can only get better from here.
1: Speaking of teams improving, who do you think won the Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade?
2: All right.
0: I, I think the Wizards absolutely won that trade. Um, Westbrook is coming off a season where he was third in his career in all time points per game, best field goal percentage of his career. He was on, he led the teams to the playoffs, in my opinion. And he, he put up good numbers next to Harden, which is not something many people can say they did, putting up numbers next to an all NBA.
2: I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think James Harden, now that he wants out, he said he's open to a trade to the 76ers. I think that, um, and I also think that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal will mesh well together because Bradley Beal has had that second player role for a long time. I also think that the Wizards, they lack this like winning culture. Like you, you can't, there's never been excitement about the Wizards. They're like, wow, this team's going to make a playoff run. But it just feels different with Russell Westbrook. You know, he's a competitor and, you know, he's going to compete to win.
0: I agree. I think he thrives in the positions where he's he's going to come in and immediately make an impact uh, to a team where it's been a losing culture. And, I mean, they have a great community. They have a pretty solid fan base for what it's been like the past couple of years. And I think he's going to come in and make an uh, impact immediately.
2: Completely agree.
1: Um, the Sixers are an interesting team. Are they rebuilding? Are they gonna keep the same core players? What do you guys think about the Sixers this season? Um,
2: well, I think I think that I think it's Ben Simmons' time to go. I mean, they've been telling him to develop a jump shot for a long time, but eventually you're not gonna be able to they they need to make some moves, they need to build around their young players and I, I just I think Ben Simmons should be traded. Yeah,
0: I think they should be going into a, a rebuild phase. If not, soon and now, because it's not looking good for their season.
2: Yeah, Joel, I think they should build around Joel Embiid. I think he's really what they have on that team.
1: So the Sixers are one of the teams that are built around size, kind of in the same way as the Heat. And while the Celtics are the complete opposite, mostly small ball team, do you think the Celtics will be able to compete with these larger teams in the East? deeper in the playoffs
2: it's a good question um i think with the loss i think losing gordon hayward even though he was injured i think that he i think he's he was a big key to their team and i mean i'm not sure i to be honest i didn't do that much research on the celtics
1: um I'm, i'm gonna disagree with you on that I mean, Gordon Hayward, he was out for most of the playoff run. They were still playing really good basketball without him. I don't think he was that big of a piece. And, I mean, considering how well they played and how much, how many games he missed, I think he's not going to make that big, a di- big of a difference. I also yeah. think their draft pick, Aaron Neesmith, I think he will fit his niche perfectly.
2: All right. Okay, let's talk about the Nets. We were talking about small ball, but the Nets completely opposite with – the acquisition of KD, um, how far do you think this team can go? You
0: know, I think I think they have a really solid um, starting five, but once once you get to the depth, uh, there's really not that much. It's it's really a size built team. They have Durant, Allen, um, LaVert, but you know, it's it's just about whether that starting five can make that impact when they're on the floor because their bench is not not solid. They have DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, but I mean that's that's about. As far as it goes, I think this team is gonna be a playoff team or a complete bust, and Durant's gonna to have to sh- step it up in the shooting department because they don't have much shooting.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, should we move? I think, let's talk about our defending champions of the Lakers. They re-signed Anthony Davis and LeBron this off-season. Um, do you think they can repeat?
0: It's the Lakers, man. Uh, they're super deep. They have they have a whole another starting team on their bench. Uh, they've Dud Dudley. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, Harrell, who they just signed, Kuzma, Marcus Morris, I think, Marquis, either one. Um, yeah, so they're going to be the Lakers.
3: Yeah,
2: I, I agree with you. It should be an interesting season. All right, let's move on to football here. Um, heading into week, th- week 14, many questions remain. Who will win the NFC East? Are the Bucks and Ravens legit playoff teams? Championship predictions as of now? We're going to tackle these hard questions with Ryan Wiener from Let's Talk Sports. All right, so let's start with the NFC East. Ryan, how do you feel about the vision?
3: Uh, As a football team fan, I have to say that the football team is going to win. If you look at their defense, they're fourth in yards allowed, fifth in sacks, and eighth in points allowed. While the Giants are only tenth in yards allowed, ninth in sacks, and ninth in points allowed, If you look at their last game against the Steelers, they pitched a perfect game. They showed their offense doesn't need to rely on Terry McLaurin and Anthony Gibson, and Antonio Gibson. And I think that Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year and that he will lead them to the playoffs one way or another. By the way, they are only, I think, one or two games out of the wild card race. So don't even count them out for there.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to harp on that. I think. Along with their stats, their their schedule coming up, they got the Eagles, Panthers, uh, Seahawks, and the 49ers. Uh, four, three of those four teams are under 500, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, they they have a decent chance not only
1: at a playoff spot but at a winning record.
2: Liam, as the resident Giants fan, how do you feel about this?
1: The New York Giants are winning the division, 100%. I don't get where this is coming from. Four straight wins. Daniel Jones is gonna be back. Kyler Murray is hurt. We can easily beat the Cardinals. We have the da- we have Dallas to finish up the season. That's an easy win. We just need to win the same amount of games as or we just need to win the same amount of games as the football team and we have the tiebreaker. like simple as that. Giants are winning the division. I mean their defense is far superior even even though the stats don't show that. They're just so Not much superior. better. I think I I this I, I mean, how how many sacks did you guys have against the Steelers? You had zero. Did I mean, like for game? a team that talks so much about did their we, offensive did what?
3: If we win that game.
1: Yeah, but for a team that talks so much about their defensive line, like zero sacks in a game should not be a thing. It just all right. Stop this well... New York Giants slander.
2: <laughs> As this playoff race hurls on, do you guys have early championship predictions for the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll start on this. I'm just going to go with the Chiefs. This is just another year where it's going to be Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey on the offense. It doesn't matter how bad or good their defense plays. It's, their offense is just too good to lose.
3: Ryan, what do you think? Uh, I got to agree with Michael. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, unfortunately, they're not in the one seed right now due to conference record. But, I mean, it's hard to pick against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. They are such a multifaceted offensive. I think they're miles ahead of any other team in the league right now. And quite honestly, I don't see any team in the NFC that could ups- that could beat them in the Super Bowl. I mean, even with, even with Drew Brees possibly coming back for the Saints, it just doesn't look likely, unless Aaron Rodgers had to put up some sort of, like, absolute Hail Mary type game it does not seem possible to me
2: William do you share that idea
1: yeah I mean the Chiefs 100% no one in the AFC is stopping them I mean the NFC is a lot weaker than the AFC so I don't think any team really poses a threat to beat them Um, not even the Saints I think just Drew Brees like not being able to stretch the field like really holds them back all right,
2: let's talk about a team who disappointed in the playoffs last year. How do you think the do you think the Ravens will p- perform in these playoffs or do you think they will be the same as last year?
3: I think the question is will the Ravens make the playoffs in the first place? I mean, they're sitting out there on the outside looking in right now and it doesn't look very promising coming up. I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it unheard of to see the Ravens not make the playoffs this year even with that expanded 7th seed.
0: I, I'm I gonna have
3: to di- I'm gonna have to disagree on that
0: I think the Rams are gonna make the playoffs based on their schedule but I, I think it's about and the the question about it is how how far they go right because and they're still young they're still a pretty young team Lamar has a couple years under his belt but I mean it's he's they're still not you know really an experienced team in the playoffs so it's about that
1: um I think this their next game against the browns like really decides their face their fate if they win that game, I mean, their chances skyrocket to make the playoffs, but if they lose, like, they're pretty much out, like, that seals their fate, and I also, I think their offense is, like, inability to, once again, stretch the field, like, I think that really hurts them, if they face a good defense, I think they're just going to get shut down.
3: I agree with you there, I mean, when it comes to the Ravens, I mean, if they lose that game against Cleveland, then their only shot is probably that seventh seed. And even then, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to put Pittsburgh after they've probably gone, they're probably going to lose to Pittsburgh two times this season. It's going to be pretty hard to come out and beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. I don't see them going far at all if they make it.
1: I think the biggest limiting factor for the Ravens is Lamar Jackson. I mean, like, I just think in a league that's so pass-driven. I mean, the fact that he struggles to throw the ball accurately more than 20 yards downfield, just like that's what's stopping them from really being a real playoff threat.
2: Let's talk about a team who thrives on their pass offense. Do you think the Bucs will make the playoffs? And if they do, how do you think they'll fare?
3: All right, hear me out here. They will make the playoffs. The Bucks are in a solid spot right now. But I will say, if you look at statistics from old man, Tom Brady, When he plays in primetime this season, he has done so much worse. He has fumbled the ball more, he has been intercepted more, he has been sacked more, and he has thrown for less yards and touchdowns. You cannot, especially considering the network is going to put Tom Brady in primetime, no matter who he plays, because he's Tom Brady, I don't see a way in which the Bucs go far, unless their defense can somehow put up a, a remarkable game, which is very unlikely, considering that they're going to probably play a two or three seed, which at the moment is Green Bay and Los Angeles. But obviously that could switch to Seattle very quickly. So that's two really dynamic offenses that they could have to face.
1: I'm um, um, no. Like looking, looking at their schedule remaining, the Falcons twice, the Lions and the Vikings. I mean, those are four very winnable games. I think they could maybe sneak in as a wild card, which I think they already are right now. But I think them being in the same division as the Saints drastically hurts their playoff like their playoff stock
0: i i agree i think i think if they make the playoffs they're gonna go far and i i disagree with ryan i think play i think tom brady's gonna be playoff tom brady regardless of his age um he has he has great great wide receivers he has solid running back core and and jones and Burnett if he's not on the passing game but uh i think i think he's gonna just be playoff tom uh he's been great in the playoffs in the past. I don't see why it's going to change this year.
2: Uh, I have a question adding off of what Ryan just said. So how, how do you, why do you think Tom Brady has struggled this year? Usually he performs well in clutch situations. Do you think this is something with his team or you think it's something that will come with his age?
3: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to completely blame it on age, but I mean, obviously as age, as he gets older, it's just, he's going to, you know, get a little worse each year, but I think it. part of it does have to do with, like, a new offensive system. It is somewhat similar to what they had in New England, but I think he's not used to having so many weapons. I think that sometimes hinders his decision-making ability. I mean, generally in New England, it was, do I pass to Julian Edelman or do I pass to some room no-name? I mean, it, he pretty much had one option, and I think it helped him with decision-making. But now, I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I'm not going to say Rob Gronkowski, but I will say Cameron Brait because I don't think Gronk's good. Uh, he has numerous options. He has Antonio Brown now there are so many options that I think his decision making has been a little bit hindered this season because he just doesn't know who to pass to
0: uh, I agree. I agree with Ryan. Um, it's, I don't I wouldn't blame him on the age at all. There's makes no difference whether he's 39, 40, whatever. Um, however old he is, but I think it's, I think it's a new system. He's been he who's with the Patriots his whole career and now he's, he's going to a, a new system, regardless of how similar it is, it's still different. So I think that's gotta be taken account and can't be blamed. And can't be blamed on his age.
1: Um, I think a little like a little bit of the reason for his poor play is the change in system, but I also think it's his age and the scheme Bruce Arian runs. Like I don't think he can throw the ball downfield accurately, which is like what you need to do in Bruce Arian's system to succeed. And I think that's the biggest thing that's like kind of limiting the bucks. Like if you look at Jameis Winston last year, He was just, like, heaving the ball downfield to Mike Evans. I'm like, Brady isn't doing that.
3: Oh, yeah, agreed. And I think also another part of the problem, which no one's mentioned yet, is that Brady and Arians have had some – not some fights, but they've definitely had a tense relationship. and They've had some
1: disagreements over how to run the team.
3: Yeah. I I don't think that's helpful for Brady either, considering that his coach doesn't approve of some of his decisions – doesn't approve the way he plays to an extent
2: uh yeah I agree I think it's definitely a culture type of situation I think when he was in New England with Belichick I think he was really praised there as some sort of as some sort of god but here in Tampa Bay he's aging and he he's really shown that he's mortal
1: um I mean I think I mean if you look at all the offseason moves by Tampa it was all pretty much like okay, Tom wants to bring in Gronk. Tom wants to bring in Antonio Brown. I think he's still being treated kind of like a god. I just think that like now the expectations were so high for this year. They're kind of like last year's Browns. Like Everyone last year was like, oh, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. Look at that offense. Like Baker Mayfield's going to make the jump. I mean, it was kind of the same thing this year. I mean, they had all the weapons. They just brought in a different quarterback, and they brought in – Another good wide receiver, another good tight end, and everyone now expects them to win the Super Bowl. But I just think the expectations are too unrealistic.
2: If Tom Brady underperforms in the playoffs, how much longer do you guys see him playing?
3: However long teams are willing to pay him. I mean, dude's not, dude is not going to retire on his own terms. He's, he said he wants to play until he's 45. I think he's 42 or 43 at the moment. He's going to keep playing as long as teams offer him money because he's Tom Brady. I mean, Michael Jordan came back like twice. Tom Brady still hasn't retired once yet. Seems pretty likely we'll see him into his mid-40s. I agree.
1: Um, I mean, there was a free agent sweep state this year for him when he was 42. Like, I can still expect teams to give him like one or two-year contracts like when he's 45. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays until he's like 47. Just conserving like teams will be willing to give him a contract more than likely.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're going to see how this playoff race shakes out. It's been a weird season with all these Corona implications. And if nobody else has anything to say, we could move on to our next segment on our top 10 wide receivers. Anything else? All right. We'll pass it on to Aaron.
4: Thank you, Ryan, for being on our last segment. Moving on, let's talk about wide receivers. The wide receiver position is very debated in football. And uh, we're gonna be talking about our top 10 and some wide receivers that we think are overrated and underrated. Michael's gonna start us off.
0: Yeah, so I, I think I think my my bottom five are gonna be a little different than everyone else's. But at 10, I have Amari Cooper. Nine, I have Adam Phelan. Eight, I have Tyler Lockett. Seven, I got MT. I got Michael Thomas at seven. And then I got Mike Evans at six. Let's go to let's go to let's go to Alec now. Let's see what Alex got.
2: All right. Um, at ten I have Robbie Anderson. At nine I have Julio Jones. At eight I got Tyler Lockett. Seven I have Terry McLaurin. Six DK Metcalf and five I've got Keenan Allen. Let's go to Liam.
1: All right, at 10, I have Michael Thomas. At nine, I have Adam Thielen. At eight, I have Allen Robinson. At seven, I have DK Metcalf. At six, I have Keenan Allen. And at five, I have Devonte Adams.
4: I think all of your lists are kind of embarrassing, to be honest. All right, at 10, I have Amari Cooper. At nine, I have Adam Thielen. At eight, I have Allen Robinson. Seven, I have Stephon Diggs. Six, I have DK Metcalf. And five, I have Michael
0: Thomas. All right. Um, well, I just this thing—it's ridiculous to put Stephon Diggs out low. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful.
1: I I agree with Michael on that. Like, he's leading the league in receptions and receiving yards this year. I think at least top five.
0: Yeah, he's okay. he's for sure top five.
4: But
2: who, Stephon um, Diggs? Yeah, I just wait,
4: well. Where do you guys have Michael Thomas again?
2: Wait, doesn't I'm, DK lead the league in yards this year?
4: Yeah, receptions. He was saying. Yeah, yards. Metcalf.
2: Oh, okay. oh, you're right.
1: Um, I I have Michael Thomas at ten. I yeah, think that's last actually embarrassing.
3: Year was I mean, kind of like a fluke. Yeah, yeah I mean like, Michael
4: I we're Thomas has to mute Liam permanently. No, <laughs> he's got to be muted permanently. I mean, I'm thinking Michael
0: Thomas doesn't really do anything besides run slants and Drew Oh Brees... my God. Okay, so I saw one Instagram. Meme. Okay. No, What's it's that... not even an Instagram meme at this point. It's just reality. He can't. Drew Brees can't throw it farther than like okay, twenty yards. I don't know if
2: that's Michael Thomas. Let's Thomas's see. You, let's ball. say you woke up tomorrow, right? You're let's say, and Michael Thomas was not injured. Michael Thomas is healthy. You're going to want him on your team. He's not. He's top five. You're yeah, going to want him on your team sure. for
0: those for those slot slant routes. You're not going to want him to go deep.
2: You're not going to want He's the best slot him... receiver in the league. He's the best yeah. slot
0: receiver to go five yards and then cut in because. Okay, well that's a valuable play. All
2: right, let's move on to top five. All, five. I'm, all I'm saying
0: is versatility. You can't. Michael, right, let's I'll start. Go first. We'll
2: go right. reverse order. Perfect. All
4: right, I have five. Michael Thomas. Four, I have Tyreek Hill. Three, I have Devontae Adams. Two, I have Julio Jones. And one, I got Hopkins.
2: All right, um, I can carry on. Um, I've got Keenan Allen at five, Michael Thomas at four, Devontae Adams at three, Tyreek Hill at two, and Hopkins at one.
0: Uh, I'll go next. I got Devontae Adams at five, Stephon Diggs at four, Tyreek at three, Julio at two, and D-Hop at one.
1: I got Devontae Adams at five, Tyreek Hill at four, Stefan Diggs at three, Julio at two, and DeAndre Hopkins at one.
2: Stefan Diggs, that's high. That's high. Okay. That's yeah. high. I, I he's mean, completely overrated. Completely, completely overrated. It's just he's not, not overrated at
4: all. He, he had like 500 yards last year. He's like, I
2: mean, he is second in receptions, but I mean, he's got a great quarterback. He should be putting up much better numbers.
4: I mean, well, he didn't, It's not like he
0: had a all. It's not like he had an all-pro quarterback or like even a top fifteen. No, last year, like in or uh, when he was in uh, Minnesota.
2: And the Bills are a good team. There's a lot of potential for him there.
4: All right. So I said DK Metcalf is the best athlete in American sports since LeBron James. Oh my God! Um, That is just absolutely embarrassing to say that in American sports. Oh my God. Dude, that, it's... he'll be the best wide receiver and best p- player in football in like two years, probably. I he's... I mean that's just... well, um but, okay. I think he
1: can be the best wide receiver, but best player, I mean Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you're Patrick Wilson?
2: Me he's gonna be the best player in two years. This Patrick DK Mahomes Metcalf not exist? will never DK Metcalf
0: will never win an MVP. He will never he might just he just might watch. get a just swap. He might hold a few reception titles, like receiving yards. DK maybe, Metcalf, but...
2: he is not the most valuable person on his team. Russell Wilson's MVP Not yet. contender.
4: He's, he's 21 or whatever ah. the fuck he is.
2: That's it. I mean, we're gonna see. Let's. You want right. to move on to overrated and underrated? Who wants to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll
0: start. So overrated. I got Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's a he's a really big name that everyone talks about, but I think everyone has kind of forgotten the abysmal numbers that he put up this year. Like, he just aside from last week's game, it's just been tr- he's just been terrible. I don't know if it's been Baker or. Um, What? But he's he should be the number one target, and he's just not putting up numbers that he should be. All
2: right. Actually, I was thinking Jarvis Landry, but I'm I'm more focused on his teammate, Odell Beckham. He has been riding this hype of his one-handed catch in 2014 for years and years, and he's got a horrible quarterback. I'll give him that, but only 23 receptions at this point is terrible.
0: I agree, but he's been injured. I mean, he's. I feel like he's still a great receiver, even.
2: Uh, I agree he's a great receiver, but I think, he's, I think he's overrated. I think the Cleveland Browns are overrated.
4: All right, I'm going to go overrated here. All right, I got Terry McLaurin, completely overrated. Um, I completely disagree he, with this Can bullshit. you let me finish, Michael? He's People put him in the same conversation as DK Metcalf routinely. He's not in the same conversation. He's not in the same world. He's like, eh. He's like a, guy, eh, you know? And he's on a trash team, and he's a trash player. He's top twenty-five wide receiver. Yeah, that's not, just not
1: close to Metcalf. Um, I I agree with Aaron on that. But for my most overrated, I gotta go Michael Thomas. I mean, had a big year last year, but like, I don't know. That's kind of been it. I mean, he's been injured. I just feel like that's you can't really call him overrated. It's injured. Like know? when he's played, has he been effective?
0: I mean, he's had Taysom Hill. And he's I mean Drew Brees is, he's fucking. I mean he's. He's yeah. he's almost dead. Bad, though. Drew B's is almost dead. Let's let's be honest
2: here. Like, okay, you guys want to move to underrated players. Yep. Yeah. Personally, I could not going? I could not agree disagree more with Aaron's statement on Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I, I think I think he is underrated. He's fifth in yards this season. He's made great catches and he he's he might carry the Washington football team to first place in that division. Yeah. I completely agree. He's a um, great I receiver. think, I think on his actually like
1: added because the Washington football team has been behind so much, so they're throwing it to him a lot.
4: And, yeah, what I'll say, what I'll add, is that you can't be underrated if everyone thinks you're underrated. Literally everyone says he's underrated, and he's gone to the point where he's overrated. He's not close to DK Metcalf. If you Just the eye test, DK Metcalf is, like, 15 times better athlete. Like, he's just
2: – I mean, it's not a comparison to DK Metcalf. I mean, obviously DK Metcalf's better than him. But I mean, he oh, was a lead. At, he was a lead at Ohio State. I think he'll he'll grow, and I think he's extremely underrated.
1: I think the only thing that McLaurin does better than Metcalf is he's a better route runner. Otherwise, Metcalf's better at everything.
4: All right, I'm gonna go with my underrated. No one talks about this guy ever, but he's like, like pretty good. So I'm gonna go with Calvin Ridley. He's on the. he's, he's pretty underrated. No one ever talks about him, but he's on a stacked offense though.
0: All right, uh, for my underrated player, this this guy never really gets talked about. I'm gonna go Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, he just he's 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 right behind uh, Stephon Diggs. He he has to compete for targets, and he's still getting an insane amount of receptions. He has three touchdowns. He's getting a, a huge share of the first down targets. Um, he's been relatively healthy. He's been actually in all these games, but I think I think he's a valuable part of the Bills offense that they, that they rely on and you to help them propel them to the playoffs. It's
1: a bold take. Um, I couldn't really decide on my most underrated, so I went Allen Robinson and Keenan Allen. Um, Allen Robinson has Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles throwing in the ball, and he's still putting up numbers.
2: I mean, as the resident, Bull, as the resident Bears fan here, I definitely agree with Robinson. Um, he has nobody on that team. And he's putting it up well, and but I mean, moving on to the Cole Beasley thing, I mean he's a role player at best.
4: Yeah,
0: I I, like I disagree. I disagree because without without things there, he's wide receiver number one. And yeah, but there's a reason for that. Like no one guards him.
1: No, they're not. That's
0: they're they're putting their second best corner on him. That's the same thing with Julio and uh, Calvin Ridley.
1: I think he's a solid slot receiver, but like, if he was put in an offense where he would be the number one, he would not succeed. I feel like I feel like he would though. He, that's the same situation with Terry because
0: if he got put into an offense that was trash, like the Jets, he, if he got put into the Jets' offense, he would, you know, explode because he would just be that guy who does it, like the slants and the you know the now, outs.
4: You, you got to remember that, like, um, like he's like thirty-two
2: yeah that's what I'm saying he's
4: underrated I know
2: he's been out of he's been for
0: eight years and he's been pretty consistent
2: he's been I I think
4: yeah exactly out of college
2: for so long he went to Southern Methodist University I think I mean he just hasn't been good like ever I I just think he's he's underrated
0: underrated now because especially in this situation that he's in he's still putting he's putting up numbers
4: okay but like the people don't um like if like it's not like they're putting their second-best corner on Cole Beasley.
0: Yeah, they are, though. When like, he's look gonna, at Julian gonna he's going to get their second-best corner because the first-best corner is on Diggs. All
2: right, like, yeah, I agree. Um, I think we should move on to our next section on the NCAA.
0: As the NCAA football season throttles towards bowl games and playoffs, shortened seasons and coronavirus cases complicate rankings across the nation. Starting off with playoff predictions, who do we got in top four, one through four seats? Let's start with Aaron.
4: All right, um, yeah, I got Alabama one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, and Notre Dame four. That's my prediction.
3: All right, Alec.
2: All right, well, before I get into it, I don't think Ohio State should be in it, but we'll, we'll get to that later. So I had a long time figuring this out, And I think despite being a little unmatched, I think BYU is a good four seed. I think they've routed some teams. And for three, I've got Clemson, two Notre Dame, and one Alabama.
1: All right, so I kind of have six teams that I think could all make a push. This is in no order. I got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, Texas A&M, BYU, and Coastal Carolina.
2: That's seven. (laughs) <laughs> all right you know uh, coastal carolina i think they're they, they they're playing the byu tonight so i think we'll get some closure on that but i mean i've seen them play i think i think they've got they've got they're a good team i just don't know if they can compete with some of those contenders like alabama
0: all right who do you guys have winning it though the whole thing
2: whole thing um i think i think alabama's i think alabama I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback, I think. Yeah, I think either Alabama
1: or Clemson. Yeah.
2: Aaron, you agree with the Alabama pick?
4: Uh, Yeah, I'd go with Alabama. But also, um, something to note is that Texas A&M, it's really hard for them to get into the playoff because they don't play in the SEC championship game.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
4: Like, Florida does. So if they could beat Alabama and Clemson could beat Notre Dame, then you have one loss, Florida. One loss, Alabama. One loss, Notre Dame. One loss, Clemson. And and Ohio State, who's undefeated, who may might not play in their championship game. And then Indiana, who would have win the Big Ten and have one loss
2: too. Right. Um, I feel like it's really going to come down to what happens in these
1: championship games. Well, um, especially in the Big Ten. Like if Ohio State doesn't make the playoffs, that changes a lot of things. Absolutely. Should we move on Be- to? Are, speaking oh. speaking
0: of the Big Ten, what do you guys think of you good. know the Ohio State the Ohio State possibly getting in the playoffs? You think since they have a shorter shorter season and less games played, they should uh uh be ranked this, ranked the same?
2: I don't know if they're I'm not sure if they're properly tested. They have one game against Indiana who's 12 right now. That was a 42 to 35. It was a great game, but I mean that's their only real test. I mean, Indiana is also a contender, but I think they shouldn't be in it because we are yet to see like what they're capable of.
1: Um, I agree with you on that. I think there's not a big enough sample size for them to be in. And also like considering that they only beat Indiana by seven, like I don't know if they're truly a team that should be in the college football playoffs.
4: Well, I, I think if you watch them, they're very clearly a top four team because they're always a top four team. Have the best recruits every year, and I think it's just a question of, like, opportunity. Like, they got games canceled from the coronavirus, but most of the, like, they've had two games canceled in both of them, or because of the other team. So I think it's unfair to punish them for something that they're really not responsible for.
2: That's a good point, but let's say, let's say they play, let's say they don't play Michigan. Um, I'm not saying this. I mean, this is completely unlikely as a Michigan fan. But let's say, let's say Michigan pulls off a comeback. Let's say Michigan beats them. Like, you're not going to be able to see if these comebacks are available if they don't play these games. Even though it's not their fault.
1: There's a chance, like all those games that they didn't play, that they would have lost those games. But I mean, it's not likely, but it could have happened.
4: I mean, I, I think it's just a question of whoever you know the committee do they think Ohio state is a top four team in the country? And I would say, yes, I would say they're definitely, I think Clemson, Alabama, Ohio state are like the three consistent teams from the past five years. And like, they're going to, they're going to have give Ohio state like space to make mistakes just because they're like a big program and are always there.
2: Yeah. Um, If the Michigan Ohio state game doesn't get canceled this next weekend, um, we're gonna see if they play a good game. I might change my answer, but other than that, I don't think they're tested enough.
4: Yeah, I mean if the Michigan game doesn't get canceled, then they can go to the Big Ten championship and then they can play Northwestern or whatever in there, they beat Northwestern, they're in six I percent. agree with you on that. All right.
0: Since we're on the topic of Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, what are we thinking about the Heisman prediction? Who do you guys who do you guys have?
2: Well, I have Kyle Trask from Florida. Um, I think watching him play, he's great. He makes great decisions. Third in QB rating, first in touchdowns, and fourth in yards. I think I don't even think there's really a competition with Mac Jones here.
4: Yeah, I disagree. Um, I was gonna say Trask, but then I realized that like Florida, they're gonna you know they'll they'll make the SEC championship, and then I think they're gonna lose to Alabama, and then. Mac Jones is going to be undefeated. Kyle Trask is going to have two losses and one of them to Mac Jones. Like, I'd vote for Mac Jones.
1: Um, I think Kyle Trask 100%. He's pretty much this year's Joe Burrow. I mean, just the stats he's putting up are ridiculous. I mean, yep, nobody else is competing. End, so.
4: You know, Burrow won the championship, so, like, there's that. And he's probably not going to make the playoffs. Like, they have a hard time getting in now. If they're, like... They have to beat Alabama. I mean, they have, a, they have opportunity, but.
1: Right, they have but, a chance. They're ranked sixth. Um, it, yeah, pretty much just Alabama is stopping them. And, I mean, if Ohio State doesn't get in, that makes them a lot more likely. Yeah, I agree with you. I think
2: we'll see how they play in the college football playoff. If Florida can get in, that's debatable. But I think it's really going to come down to championship week and how Kyle Trask can handle that SEC championship game.
0: of Between the Lines. Next week, we plan on welcoming Wake Forest verbal commit Christopher Acopi the podcast to get an insight into the recruiting process and the life of a high-caliber
3: baseball
2: player.